the What The Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine-to-five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Hey, hey, welcome back to the What the Fab podcast. We have a fun episode today. We're doing something um, a little bit different. I had a friend reach out to me. Her name is Malika, and she asked me to do an Instagram live with her. She is doing these kind of weekly lives where she's talking with different travel influencers. And I was like, yeah, and can we also like also hook up to my mic and record a podcast episode. And she said, sure. So we are sharing um, this Instagram live as a podcast episode. It's a quick like 20, 25 minute chat that we had. And we talk about um, how I've grown my business uh, and kind of pivoted over the years. We talk about just the travel landscape right now and kind of this post-pandemic world that we're in, um, how that affects my business, how that affects travel. And then I also ask Malika some questions because she is an expat living in Lebanon right now, which I don't know about you, but I have never spoken with someone who is an expat and has moved to Lebanon. So it was really interesting hearing her experience. She also just recently got married in France and you're going to want to check out those photos. It is beautiful, so dreamy, so happy for her. So Malika, you can find her on Instagram at Malika Kelly, and it's spelled uh, M-A-L-I-K-A-H and then Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y. She also has an Instagram account that she recently started to chronicle her journey, you know, traveling and being an expat in Lebanon, living in Beirut, and that one is at Where's Malika. So that is Where is Malika. I made that kind of sound like an apostrophe was in there, but it's not. So with that, Thank you so much, Malika, for having me on your Instagram, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Hello. So I'm live again, as usual. It is Travel Tuesday. I'm here with another very special guest. Her name is Elise from What The Fab. We're recording for IG Live and also for the What The Fab podcast. So she'll be joining us in just a second, and she's going to talk a lot about what it's like getting started as a full-time travel influencer and things that you need to know to get started if that's the journey that you want to take. So here she is. She's just joining now. Hello. Hey, girl. How are you? I am good. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks for joining me. And I know it's like a weird time differential we had to figure out because you are on the West Coast in America and I'm here in Beirut, Lebanon. So right now it's like early morning for you. It's kind of like evening for me. So (laughs) thanks for working that out. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to you, too, for making it work. Um, and so like I mentioned earlier, we're filming for both this um, IG Live, and then we're also recording for Lisa's podcast, What the Fat Podcast. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I launched the podcast at the very beginning of the year. It's um, kind of a mix of episodes where I do solo episodes and I talk about, you know, tangible tips. I answer a lot of like frequently asked questions that I get about blogging, career advice. And then I also interview interesting women with empowering stories to tell. That is awesome. And where can we check out your podcast? So you can find it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. So I guess I'll introduce myself a little bit since your audience is joining. Um, So my name is Malika. I am historically a fashion, beauty, and lifestyle um, travel influencer, have also been in marketing for quite some time, and then recently am focusing more on travel and expat life because I moved abroad for the second time. So I moved to Italy um, a couple of years ago, lived there for a couple of years, and then I most recently moved to Beirut, Lebanon with my husband. So it's been a really interesting journey. We might talk a little bit more about that toward the end, like what it's like as an American expat here in Lebanon at a very interesting time. Um, And Elise, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. So I write the travel and lifestyle blog, What the Fab. I founded it in 2012. And at the time it was like my side hustle. I was working at a communications agency. Then I later started working at Google and I was still doing my blog on the side. And then two and a half years ago, I left Google to run What the Fab full time. Awesome. And so that actually kind of brings me to one of my first questions for you, which was talk a little bit about your formal full-time roles and then what led you to get started as a travel influencer on the side and then eventually how you made the jump to go full-time. Like we have a really hard job, like quitting a job at Google. It's a really big deal. (laughs) Yeah. So I, when I started my blog, I was working at a small communications agency in San Francisco and I was, it was my first job out of grad school. And so I was learning how to manage an editorial calendar. I was writing the company's like blog posts, press releases, email newsletters, and I was having so much fun doing it. Uh, But the company focused on employee benefits communication. So I was writing about like how to get your employees engaged in your wellness program and and 401k program and things that are like kind of drive. Yeah. But I was like, I'm having so much fun doing this. Imagine if I was writing about stuff that I'm actually interested in personally. And so I was like, I I should start my own blog. And when I first launched it, it was much more focused on fashion and beauty. And then as I personally started to travel a little bit more, I was like, I really want to cover this on my blog and like hopefully start to gain some travel partnerships in the future. And then when I started working at Google, I had a role there that was employment branding and events. And so I started traveling even more for work. I was like going all over the world, um, hosting events at different Google offices, at conferences. And then I would always just kind of like, you know, cover what destination I was going to for Google and then try to tack on a trip on top of that. So if I was doing a conference in India, I would look and see like, okay, where else can I go? The Maldives are like a half hour flight from Bangalore. So then I could kind of cover both of those areas and start to get more travel content. And then, um, yeah, in January, 2019, I took the leap and um, started to run What the Fab full time. And I haven't looked back since. Awesome. That is so exciting. Um, And so what made you decide to make the jump from being like a part-time influencer and kind of tacking it onto your day job to deciding now it's time to go full-time? And then how did you get ready for that journey and prepare for that? Like, what were your steps? Because I'm sure you didn't just abruptly do it. Like, I'm sure there was a game plan. So can you talk a little bit about how that played out? Definitely. So it you know, for a while, it had been like a dream of mine to run my blog full time and have that be my full time business. But I wasn't sure if it was possible for me to make that happen. So I just kind of kept running it as my side hustle, like just figuring, you know, I I love it and I would do it 
for free. So we'll just kind of keep doing it and see where it leads. And then I think I really saw a shift just in the the space, like influencer marketing became an actual legitimate industry. Companies had like separate budgets within their marketing budget for specifically influencer marketing. And so I was just seeing a lot more brand partnership opportunities, more budget um, and more revenue for my business. Those last kind of few years before I, I took the leap. And so I was able to get my my side hustle to be creating this revenue that was like a another um, full-time job income. Um, and so I kind of had these benchmarks in my head of like, okay, if I can hit this revenue milestone, then I'm, I will be mentally prepared and like ready to take the leap. Um, and I started just kind of like getting things in order in terms of like, my accounting software, my invoicing system, like, you know, my LLC, trademark, all those things. And finally decided that it was time I was ready and uh, made that transition. Hold up. I have to tell you about my new What the Fab presets. I finally launched digital product and let me tell you, it was a lot harder than I expected it to be, but I am so excited that they're live. They're available. You can shop them on the website. You can just go to whatthefab.com slash presets to see them in all their freaking glory. <laughs> These presets are something that I have been refining and tweaking over the years. And after almost a decade of being a travel blogger and lifestyle blogger, I'm finally making them available to you to purchase and to use on your own photos. So whether you are a full-time content creator or this is your side hustle or you just want beautiful aesthetic photos for your feed, I'd love for you to check them out. Presets are honestly a game changer. Using Lightroom presets has really optimized how I'm able to edit my photos. It makes everything cohesive and beautiful and branded so that when you see one of my pictures on Instagram or Pinterest, you know that it's coming from what the fab. And you can have that kind of brand cohesiveness too by using the presets and tweaking them for your own skin tone and style. They also have saved me hours upon hours of editing photos. I mean, it used to take me half a day to go through you know, hundreds of photos from a shoot. Now I can just do it within one or two clicks. And then if I'm using desktop, batch sync it across all of the photos. It's amazing. Like I said, game changer. And these presets are, they're light and airy and will make your photos look beautiful, whether you're shooting on an iPhone or in the raw on DSLR. I've got the mobile pack. I've got the desktop pack. So there's something for everyone. If you want to edit just on the go, the mobile pack is a great option and you can use Lightroom Mobile. The app is free, so that's a really great option for someone who's doing this as a side hustle or a beginner. And then if you are building a brand, um, maybe this is your full-time thing, you'll probably want both the mobile and the desktop versions because then you'll be able to edit on the go on the app, but then also really like sit down in front of your computer, do that batch editing I was talking about, and just have that really cohesive vibe across all of your photos. So I hope you'll check them out. And I'm so excited I have a little gift for you. So you can get one of my mobile presets for free. Just go to whatthefab.com slash free and you can get my World Traveler mobile preset for free and you can use it on the Adobe Lightroom app on your phone. 
And the World Traveler preset, I've used it on every type of photo imaginable. It's light and airy and beautiful and just makes you look glowy. I've used it on selfies, date night pics, home decor, food, um, my friends' kids, and of course, my jet setting travel pics. So I know that you will love it. Again, go to whatthefab.com free to grab that free preset for yourself. Enjoy it. Love it. Use it. I can't wait to see what kinds of photos you create with it, and be sure to use hashtag WTFab presets so I can see and share all my stories. All right, let's get back to the episode. Well, that is goals, obviously, um, and props to you for like making that leap and being able to build a self-sustaining business that could even like compete with Google, right? Like that's not, you know, it's not like you were like, you know, something <laughs> part-time, like doing whatever, like you had a really serious serious big deal role and the fact that you're able to grow it and be so sustainable and self-sufficient is just absolutely incredible. Um, Thank you. And so now you're living your dream job as an influencer. You're killing it in the game with all these brands and then COVID happens and no one can travel. So how did that change the business for you um, as a travel influencer? Definitely. So I, because my blog is travel and lifestyle, like I cover all kinds of different things before the pandemic, I would say it was 80% travel. And then the other 20% would be like fashion, um, beauty, some like a little bit of like recipes. And then during the pandemic, we moved to, we bought our first house and we moved to Napa. So I think it was a lot harder for friends of mine who were like just travel influencers and that's all they post on their feed all they post on their blog and then the pandemic hits and it's like, we're in a little literal lockdown. Like what kind of content can you create? So for me, I was able to like pivot and do more of the lifestyle, the recipes. Everybody was stuck at home and like looking for cocktail recipes or like something fun to cook over the weekend. So I was creating content around that. After we moved, I started doing more home content, which people were also really into because, again, we're stuck at home and people were looking for ways to like freshen up their space. Um, So that worked really well. And um, it's interesting, like some of my top posts, like still now in August, um, are pieces that I wrote during the pandemic about like how to celebrate your birthday during quarantine or how to celebrate your anniversary during quarantine. Because I think, you know, people are still kind of like, if you've got young kids, like, you know, you're not necessarily traveling across the country, like for, a birthday get together to celebrate with family or your family's not traveling to you right now. If they're older, like they're still kind of this, we're in this weird limbo. And um, so those pieces of content are still relevant. So it's been interesting to see, you know, during the pandemic, I just kind of was like, what would be helpful for my readers right now? Like, you know, we celebrated our anniversary during the pandemic and it was not what we normally would have done. We usually would like go on a a trip, even if it's just a weekend trip. Um, So just kind of like thinking about what would be helpful for my readers, what would they want to, you know, what could help like liven up and bring some joy to their lives while they're kind of stuck at home. Nice. And I think what you said is also super important. Just want to touch on because everyone in marketing and social media talks about like, you have to find your niche. You have to niche down and just focus on one area. But like, I personally post about things that I love and I'm passionate about. So that does include fashion. That does include beauty. It does include general lifestyle things and things that just like matter to me. And I don't want to just be that one niche blogger like you and you posted about things that you just enjoyed similarly and that ended up helping you when one of your major categories just kind of evaporated you still had other things and were still like 
a trusted source in those different areas. So it's definitely one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of diversification. And also the fact is that you do have a blog, you do have a podcast, you don't just rely only on Instagram, like you are kind of spread out on other platforms, which again, is just super important for influencers, anyone getting started in this game to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes you can hear the advice of like, you want to niche down and be like super specific. And like, only if you're going to talk about fashion, pick something really specific, like only talk about denim and jeans. And I just like, I never followed that advice when I first started because I was like, I, I will get so bored. (laughs) Like if I can only talk about one specific vertical and I just want it to be um, flexible and fluid and set myself up so that I can write about whatever I want to write about. Right. Totally. Okay. So my next question is what are your predictions for travel in 2021? <laughs> so I feel like this year, <laughs> as COVID keeps evolving, yeah. well, um, it's so hard to predict because it's just like constantly changing. I think that, you know, I, when summer first kind of started and things were opening up and I got vaccinated, I like went hard on the travel. I was gone for like most of the summer. Um, and then I was like, Ooh, that was kind of a lot. And like now with the Delta variant raging, um, it's kind of changed some of my personal travel plans. I think that domestic travel is going to continue to be um, the most popular, especially as we're seeing like places like Europe, like the European Union is getting really irritated with the United States because we still haven't opened up our borders to European travelers. Yeah, don't remind mm-hmm. me. <laughs> um, so, but my wedding's supposed to be in a week, and now I'm like literally having a heart attack. Where is your wedding supposed to be? In France. Well, and we postponed twice and I was finally like, yeah, it's going to happen. Everything's going to be great. And now here we are. So I don't know. I'm just like refreshing the French website like a psychopath to see if anything changes. Nothing has changed. So let's just hope that they don't for another week. And then after that, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you can squeak in. Um, I think from what I've read, I don't know if you're vaccinated or not, but I read that like right now what they're in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was like, this is going to be an awkward comment if you're not vaccinated. (laughs) Um, I've read that uh, what they're encouraging right now is for European nations to only ban American travelers that are not vaccinated. Um, And if they don't ban them to at least do a quarantine for unvaccinated travelers. So it should, you know, continue to be open. And and it's also a recommendation at this point, like countries as individual countries can make the decision for themselves. Like Greece, I have a trip to Greece planned um, in October. So we're still a month out. And I, I, when I first saw the news yesterday, I was like, it, you know, the headlines make it sound like much more like splashy and like Americans are banned from traveling to Europe. And it's like, okay, that's not actually what happened. (laughs) But I did have a mini panic attack at first. Um, but countries like Greece, like they did open up like in general during the pandemic, they opened up a little bit sooner than other European countries. Like they, did have, you know, some quarantine um, restrictions. Yeah, Greece opened up kind of early. Exactly. But then they lifted those earlier than other countries. So it's unlikely that all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, actually, like all American travelers are banned. So, um, you know, re- like the headlines are scary. But then like when you actually read into it, it's like if you're vaccinated, you should be good. Um, and it is also up to individual countries. So um, back to your original question of like travel predictions, I think that 
even, you know, talking to like friends of mine who are also young, healthy, vaccinated, it's for a lot of people, it's not necessarily like COVID that is that they're worried about. Like they're not necessarily scared of getting the Delta variant. It's more like the stress of what we were just talking about, like things changing, like having to cancel, losing out on money from your airfare if you didn't buy travel insurance, like does travel insurance even cover changes because of COVID? Um, so I think a lot of people would rather just like... Who didn't buy travel insurance? Well, I think a lot of people don't. I mean, I actually never used to use travel insurance before when I was tra- like before the pandemic. And then now it's like, it's kind of a gray area for some, um, for some travel insurance. Like if you decide to like if a country gets added to the no travel list um, because of COVID, like is that, does that you know, is that included for your refundable tickets? Like, how does that work? So I think especially like if you're trying to plan a fun, relaxing vacation, that's not necessarily super relaxing to be like, like you refreshing, you know, France's <laughs> travel advisory website. Like, I think, you know, yes. a lot of people would rather just not have to deal. <laughs> yeah, that makes it a lot less fun. So, you know, Hawaii has been like, inundated with tourists because after the year year and a half that we've just had of people sitting at home, everyone's like, I deserve a vacation. I want to park my ass on a beach. Like it's, you know, tropical. Yeah. It's a destination, but it's still within the United States. They've been doing well yep. with COVID cases. Um, and it's actually, you know, a little, it's unfortunate because Hawaiians are definitely getting overwhelmed with tourists and, um, it's driving up the prices for a lot of other things. It's making like they're having um, issues with water shortages. So like local Hawaiians are being um, asked and and fined if they don't follow the rules of like cutting back on their water. But then there's so many tourists at the hotels that are just there's no restrictions on them. So yeah. it's um, definitely a tough situation um, for them. But obviously tourism is a huge part of their economy. Um, it's just like getting a little bit over overwhelmed as tourists are flooding there right now. Right, right. There's just like less options. It's just like Hawaii and Mexico and that's like where everyone's going. Yeah, basically. Okay, I don't know if you saw it on the blog, but I finally finished designing and decorating my office with Havenly. Havenly is an online interior design service, and you guys, they are freaking awesome. And honestly, just such an affordable price point for the type of service that they deliver. And of course, I have a discount code for you. So here's how Havenly works. You pick a designer, you can look through all of their previous designs, find someone that aligns with you and your style, and then you can fill out a whole style quiz and info about the room that you're looking for interior design help with. Then you get into the fun part. So your designer will put together a few different mood boards for you. You give feedback on them and then they start designing renderings for your room and giving you actual product options to choose from. So they'll be like based on your mood board and your style. Here are a few different rugs, sofas, whatever furniture and decor it is that you're looking for for your space. And then you can go through and finalize pick your selects or ask for totally new options and then once the design is exactly what you want you can just check out directly through Havenly in one click so instead of going to Wayfair's website and West Elm's website and a bunch of different websites and checking out a bunch of different times you can buy everything all at once through Havenly you know I'm an efficiency freak so that part really speaks to me 
You can get 25% off your design package with my code WTFAB. Just go to havenly.com to use it. And if you want to see more pictures of my Boho Glam office that they designed, just go to whatthefab.com and search for office. It'll pop right up. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Cool. And so my last question for you was, do you have any advice for anyone who's looking to get started as a travel influencer in 2020, 2021? I guess the 2021 to 2022, I forgot 2020 is over. Yeah. Um, I, my advice would be to focus on domestic travel if you're getting started right now while we're still in this pandemic, uh, because I think that's going to be the most relevant. It'll be the most easily accessible um, for you. And if you're just getting started with like, if your dream is like to be a travel influencer and to like, you know, be paid to go on these trips or be brought on these trips for free, um, I would just really focus on your travel content first. I hear a lot of times people like with small readership, small followings on Instagram, like trying to pitch hotels and tourism boards and you know, to be brutally honest, like it just doesn't make sense. Like you have to be able to show that you have some kind of ROI. You have to be able to show the brand that you're pitching, you know, what you have to offer. So when I first got started, I was just creating content around my own personal trips. I wasn't partnering with tourism boards or brands. I would just pay my own way and create content around it. And then as that travel section of my blog started to grow, I was able to show like, look at the amount of readership, look at the amount of clicks, you know, you can sign up for affiliate networks like booking.com. And you can show like, I wrote about this hotel and it generated this many bookings, like having hard and fast numbers that you can show when you're pitching is super important. And when you first start out creating that travel content, you're not going to have that. So you have to really like build that out and take the time um, to focus on that before you start like pitching and trying to get, you know, trips and partnerships. Um, so that would be my best, my best advice for somebody starting out trying to be a travel influencer um, during this pandemic. Yeah, that's actually one thing I did when I first decided I wanted to do more travel was like, obviously, I travel a lot. I love it. Um, I'm used to kind of like coordinating it and spending my own money on it. But I did start thinking about how I create content around travel and how I kind of like plan my trips to include more like Instagrammable moments, like content friendly moments. So even things like if I'm staying in a hotel, like I might pick a hotel with better decor or like splurge a little bit more, at least for one night to be able to take good hotel room pictures, because you need that as a reference when you eventually start pitching hotels, like how do you shoot a luxury hotel if you don't have any like proof of how you'll see it, right? Exactly. Um, so it's one of those investments that you might need to just like put into it. Um, and it, it did pay off because I started getting travel partnerships when I was still like relatively small. So this account's new. So it only has like a thousand followers. My other account has like 15,000, but I'm changing my strategy there. But when I was around like five or 6,000 on that account, I started getting some like small sponsored hotel deals. Um, some of them were localized, which would be like, Hey, I'm a New York blogger. I need a room for a photo shoot. And like, would just get a space for free. And then it became mm-hmm. tourism board partnerships, um, which is often sometimes easier than hotel partnerships because the tourism boards have a marketing budget. Um, and so they would just pay for the hotel. So it's not like the hotel is losing anything by right. you. Um, but yeah, so having your kind of portfolio and investing in creating that is probably one of the number one things you'll need to do to get started. And also cultivating your own presence as a trusted travel resource, like, 
brands aren't going to pay you if they don't, if people don't have a reason to listen to you and care about what you have to say. So, and obviously like with your success, people know she has this great hotel reviews. She has really great like style and scene. And like, we like her and value her as a resource for travel. And that has helped you grow your business. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And you can get creative too with like how you're kind of getting into these luxury hotels when you're just getting started because, um, that's, that's another, you know, kind of distinction is like, okay, you might have hotel content, but like if you're pitching the four seasons, they're going to want to see luxury hotel content and know that like, you know, they want to be able to envision themselves in that blog post or that Instagram post. Um, and so that was a great suggestion that you had, like asking if you could just use a room for like a shoot for a day. Um, and then other kind of like suggestions for that, you know, getting like my personal favorite credit travel credit card is the Chase Sapphire Reserve. So like booking those fancier hotels on points. Um, and then also a lot of luxury resorts or, or just, um, regular resorts will offer day passes as well. So like I, for example, mm-hmm. last weekend, um, I live in Napa and I want, I had a, a launch for my presets last week and I just wanted to like celebrate, relax. So I booked a massage at the Meritage Resort, um, which is like a, you know, fancy luxury expensive resort in Napa. Um, but then with that massage, you get an entire day pass. So like you can hang out by the pool, you can use the jacuzzi, you can use their, their spawn wellness rooms. Um, so like while I was there, I just kind of snapped some photos and like that will be a blog post about like, you know, spending a day at the Meritage Resort, um, without having to spend like, you know, five or 600 bucks for a room for a night. Um, so there, there are ways to get creative with it. So you can kind of you know, figure out different content opportunities. You also have to decide if you want to be in the luxury space or if you want to just kind of be in the more affordable space. So, and if you don't care about the four seasons or you don't want to create that kind of not relatable content, then like, don't even bother. But yeah, well, to piggyback off of what you're saying, like I, I personally, I feel like normal people, you know, will book some accommodations that are like, more kind of like mid tier and then occasionally splurge like either with points or paying for it themselves for luxury, um, hotel. So I get a little bit frustrated when brands are like, Oh, you're not purely luxury. I'm like, yeah, well, who is like in their normal life, you know, like normal people (laughs) book a mix of both just depending on like their situation, what they're celebrating, like what have you. So, um, I kind of like to cover both, but it, yeah, it is like, it's a decision. Like sometimes if you want to be like purely luxury, sometimes luxury brands like to see that, but I feel like they're getting a little bit more, flexible with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you just about your experience moving to Lebanon, like what it's like there, how that's been. Um, cause that is, you know, it's, that's very unique. I've never met, you know, an American expat that is living in Lebanon. Yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been great so far, to be honest. Um, I'm really loving it here despite all of the, um, the difficulties, which obviously I'm sure we all hear about on the news, things like there was an explosion in August, 2020. Um, there just was the anniversary Um, I guess a few weeks ago, there's not been a functioning government. So the government resigned in the wake of the explosion. And now they're kind of trying to piece it all back together. Um, And in the fallout, there's been a whole host of economic issues. There's been a a currency meltdown, essentially, um, caused by, like, I guess, a bank collapse. Um, So there's been a lot that has really just um, 
gone wrong and continues to go go wrong. Um, Probably the biggest, um, most concerning issue right now is the fuel crisis, um, because that's going to, you know, cause like a lot of other issues to really spiral. So there is a fuel shortage. The prices are currently subsidized. I think that they just recently lifted some of the subsidies and then they might eventually lift them again, which means that like the price of gas will quadruple um, and it'll be like more than the minimum wage. So wow. yes, it's going to get scared because it's already affecting like how people have access to transportation to, you know, powering their generators. Cause there's also no grid power like everything's on a backup generator um you know even things like businesses that you love to support are closing down early or changing their hours because they can't afford the generator bill or the employees can't like get gas to come in um so it's getting it's it's getting um it's getting challenging (laughs) to say the least um but you know i love the people like everyone has been so warm and so welcoming and so just like resilient and like there's definitely a love and a pride in this country and just like I'm hoping that I'm here to see it you know go through what it's gone through and then rebound and get to I guess if you look on Instagram there's like all these posts about like the good old Lebanon like the days you know in the 60s and there's beautiful vintage pictures people talk about wanting to go back there um and so I guess I would like to hopefully Mm -hmm. would experience both sides. Um, but we're definitely learning a lot. Um, we'll be here for a little while, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. Wow. Well, that sounds like such an adventure. How long have you, have you been there? Like when did you first move there? I got here at the end of June. So we're coming up on, I guess, like a little over two months. So still like relatively fresh. Yeah, still relatively fresh, but just in time to have a really good summer. Um, Summer with like no COVID lockdowns and like the beaches are amazing. So we've been like going to like a ton of beach clubs. You've probably seen the pictures on Instagram. It's just like a lot of beach clubs, a lot of really like beautiful, amazing restaurants. Um, The food here is to die for. Like it's just absolutely insane so there's a there's a lot of of beauty and a lot of like wonderful things in this country I'm also really excited to see fall because they have leaves and then in the winter they have skiing like there's mountains like it just feels like it's a place with everything so that's amazing so are you planning on like what are kind of your goals for your um travel Instagram and do you have a blog as well and are you kind of planning on covering Lebanon Yeah, so I have a blog. I've been behind on blogging. Uh, My blog is MalikaKelly.com. My Instagram here is Where's Malika. I just started a YouTube channel, so that's Where's Malika. So I've been behind on blogging because I'm focusing more on the video content. Um, But I will keep maintaining the blog just because I love it. It was one of the first things I did on social media. Like, even before Instagram existed, I had a blog. So I'll never, like, let go of my blog. I'll never let go of my website. Um, but yes, I'm kind of just focusing on YouTube because it just feels like it's the way of the future. And it's also nice to be able to kind of, I guess, post in more detail than I would on Instagram or post in more detail than I would on a blog. Um, so I actually posted my first Beirut blog today, which was like a weekend in my life and like things that we did and like kind of some scenery and getting ready and just like doing, you know, interesting, fun things. And then I posted my husband just made some big noise in the kitchen, if you heard that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the next one I'm working on, it's going to be kind of like a boring day in Beirut. So just me like doing normal boring things, but it's just like here in Lebanon. So I go to the grocery store, I go shopping. Um, the lights go down at the restaurant that I'm in and we're just sitting in the dark. Like <laughs> Things like that happen in this video. So, yeah. 
Well, I'm excited to see more of your Beirut and Lebanon coverage because I feel like that's, you know, like I said, super unique. It's like for travel bloggers, like, do we really need another like Positano travel guide? Like probably not, not <laughs> but, <laughs> but like covering, you know, a unique destination like that, you know, where you're living. I think that's such an interesting angle and um, yeah, I think, I think that's super exciting. Yeah. So there will be a lot more, especially because I feel like people need to see it and know what this country has to offer. Like, it's not just what they show on CNN. Like it's not just what you see on the news. There is so much more than that. And I think it just goes like so unappreciated. Yeah. I love that. Cause yeah, you're right. Like when I, when I think of Lebanon, what I immediately think of is what I see on the news. So it's really refreshing and cool to see a different perspective from somebody living there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. You can catch Elise at What the Fab and me, Where's Malika. I'm going to show this replay on my IGTV shortly. And Elise, when will this podcast episode be out? I am a few episodes behind on my podcast episode, so it'll probably be out in a month, um, if I'm being totally honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check out all her other episodes that are currently live wherever podcasts are streaming. And then this one will be up in like a month ish. Amazing. Thanks for having me on Malika. Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you so much to Malika for having me on her Instagram live and for being game to record it as a podcast episode as well. Again, you can find Malika on Instagram at where is Malika and I also just kind of want to add, <laughs> we recorded this episode a couple of months ago, and just with how things are kind of like constantly shifting and changing when it comes to travel and COVID, I'm just going to do another plug for being vaccinated if you're trying to travel. Um, when I was in Portugal earlier this summer, I had some people messaging me and asking, oh, like, what's the deal with going to restaurants and hotels? Like, do they ask you to um, show your card, your vaccination card, or do you need to take a test? And I was like, yeah, they're actually very strict about it, which is great. Like, they're really taking it seriously. To enter a restaurant, you have to either be vaccinated and show your card or have had a test, I think, within the last 72 hours. And the response that someone gave me was like, geez, like that's a lot of money to spend on tests. Like you have to do that many tests. And I'm like, well, no, you don't have to. You could just get vaccinated. <laughs> and that would be the safest thing for everyone around you, including yourself. And it will make the ease of entering hotels and restaurants um, a lot better. So just a thought that, you know, I personally don't think that it is safe to be traveling around the world in jet setting if you are not vaccinated. Um, I completely understand and realize that that is a personal choice to be vaccinated or not. But if you're going to make that choice, you know, maybe jet setting to Europe, it's just not the time for you right now. So just a thought there um, that I felt like I wanted to share since so much of this conversation centered around traveling and traveling abroad during this kind of weird time that we're in. So with that, thanks again to Malika for having me on um, her Instagram and recording the episode. If you enjoyed this conversation, I would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts for the What the Fab podcast. Um, it's super quick and it makes a big difference for me and helps me grow the podcast. And then if you want to share this episode and um, take a screenshot, share it on your stories and tag Malika and I, we would love that. And if you have any questions about pandemic travel, traveling right now, you can always DM either of us. So thank you again for listening to this episode and we'll have another one coming up real soon. Oh.